Seattle Seahawks. This isn't really a game preview, but I just have some thoughts on the boogeyman. And I don't know. I think I think we're about to take the boogeyman down. So uh, let's get to it. San Francisco 49ers morning show. Let's go. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the San Francisco 49ers Morning Show. I'm your host, former NFL and AFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. Um, I don't know if y'all can tell me. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited today. Why am I excited? Because my gym is supposed to get here today. We'll see if it actually gets here. And when I say my gym, for you know those of you who are newer, to this, uh, I'm building a sports performance facility. All right, so I mean, you guys see me right here on Frontline Sports Media, but I have Frontline Sports Performance as well. The dirt work has been done for a month, month and a half, and now, man, it's almost time for the building to come in. Now, once the building comes in, then they have to lay out the concrete and do all that stuff, the plumbing and all that stuff. But one step at a time, man. One step at a time. We are getting there. I want to make sure I thank all of you. Because, uh, you know, without y'all, the gym, it wouldn't really be something that is coming to fruition the way that it is. And and uh, I'm really excited about that. Thank you all for all the support with everything that I do, all the support you guys have given me, man. I appreciate y'all. I do think that, um, you know, manifesting, like speaking things into existence, I think it, it's real, man. It's real. But I think what's realer is, is realer a word? More real? Realer? Real, all right. Believing in yourself, for real. Cause I, I've been saying some cliche stuff lately, all right. But this is gonna be cliche again, and we hear it. But I swear to God, like it's true. If you don't believe in yourself, nobody else will. Like first, they gotta see it in you. Like they gotta see that you really believe in this. And then once they see you really believe, then then somebody, you know, it's like, mm, I think I believe them. You know what I'm saying? That's real. That's real. And then you just got to figure it out. And one thing I've learned along the way, because I felt like, you know, at different times, like, man, I think this person can help me or this person can help me. But at the end of the day, you got to put yourself in position. Like, you got to put yourself in position. And then everything starts to fall in place. That was just one thing I've kind of learned along this journey. I started my business plan. uh, I created 2000 what, 2017, 2018, 2017, whenever, whenever Lonzo Ball was drafted, all right, so, you know, just like y'all, I was sitting back, I'm on, you know, watching TV, and I'm listening to this LeVar Ball dude, and I'm just like, man, what is this dude talking about, and at one point, it just clicked, it just clicked, like, kind of what he was doing, and how he was speaking things into existence, and, you know, everything that he did behind the uh, big baller brand, and, you know, like, creating his own thing, $500 shoes. And people were like, man, $500 shoes, like, that's crazy. And his thing was like, man, y'all spend $1,000 on these Balenciagas, $1,000 on the other stuff. Like, you're going to create a brand and put your own price on it. Now, again, you want the quality to be good and, you know, whatever happened with Big Baller Brand, I don't know. But just the the thought process in which LeVar's ball spoke, like, it spoke to me. You know what I'm saying? It spoke to me. So I was listening. You know, I'm thinking about what I was doing at that time. I'm like, man, Croc, like, this ain't you. And my schedule was crazy. 
one day I'm gonna tell y'all everything I was doing, but my schedule was crazy. I'm, I'm, I worked at an elementary school. Um, I would go straight from there to go train the athletes. You know, I would coach. I mean, I was going sun up, sun down, and I wasn't really making money like that. Like I was making money to be able to survive. You know what I'm saying? Like bills was paid and stuff. But I'm like, man, I am busting my ass and I'm going all day long. I got to figure out, like, if I'm going to bust my ass, I'm going to be going all day long. Like, I'm going to be going for me. And I'm going to do it on my own terms. And um, now that's what I do. You know what I'm saying? I bust my ass and I do it on my terms. So, uh, you know, I think God, you know, he, the, the, the way it all happened, and there's something, you know, people say, like, you know, don't block your blessings. What's happening right now, like, this wasn't the plan. You know, I'm in Arkansas. I moved from Stockton, California to Arkansas a year ago. And this wasn't the plan. The plan was go to Arkansas, where I went to college, go back, finish, get my degree, my wife, get the nurse, uh, do her nursing stuff, and then dip back to California. And God said, you know what, Croc, like, I told you I'm bringing you to Arkansas for you to coach and, you know, be assistant coach or whatever. But really, that's not what's going to happen. Okay, first you're going to come out here, and I know you have a little money put away, but I'm going to have these folks offer you a job at a furniture store. And I said, I mean, just walking through, like, we were just buying furniture. And they offered me a job, and I don't turn down money. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it. And then God said, you know, you're supposed to be coaching at the university, but you know what? You're not going to coach there. I never understood it. Like I never, I still can't wrap my head around it. I trained athletes. I've coached. I went to the university. I was team captain at the university. I went and played professional football. And for whatever reason, what they told me was going to happen when I came out here was not the case. I couldn't tell you why to this day. I don't know. But God said, that's not what you are in Arkansas to do. So I'm working in the furniture store trying to figure out like what exactly it is that God brought me here for. And uh, I'm working, I'm working, I'm working. And I started to train athletes over the summer. All right. And we're going to talk about 49ers, y'all. But, you know, sometimes I go off on this other stuff. But over the summer, I worked with a few athletes. And uh, one thing led to another. And I don't know, it's crazy. One game. My son, he's out here, and he wasn't playing at this time because we got he got out here kind of late. He wanted to go watch some of his boys play football. This when he, he was in the eighth grade. He wanted to watch some of his boys' game out of town. I'm like, I don't want to go to this out-of-town game. But I went anyways. So I don't know what made me go. I don't know what made me go to this game. But I went to this game, and right behind me, Mr. Smith. Mr. Smith said, hey, Croc, uh, you know, I'm Danny Smith. I appreciate everything you did with those boys, working with those boys this summer. If you need anything, you let me know. And it's just the way he said it. Like, he looked at me, shook my hand. Like, if you need anything, you let me know. And I'm like, all right, you know, whatever. And um, one day I'll get into, like, the blessing that 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 conversation was. Like, words can't explain. I'm, I might write a book or something about it. Like, just everything. And y'all wouldn't believe it. Y'all wouldn't believe it. But um, I'm never moving back to California. I'm never moving back to California. And all these blessings that I've gotten since coming out here, first of all, I can go back to California whenever I want. That's crazy. When you move somewhere else, when you leave California, and then, you know, you start doing things and, and, and coming, you know, money, whatever, I can go to California whenever I feel like going now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I go visit all the time. I'm going to California in a week or so. 
I was just in California last month. So uh, when you go to other places, it's weird because I am stocked into the core. Like I'm 209. I'm I'm 209. Like I'm as 209 as it gets. I'm as stocked in as it gets. And I never thought I'd be moving away for good. Like when I was playing pro ball and everything like that, everything was to get back to Stockton. And um, now I'm like, I'm I'm not going back. And I never saw myself living in Arkansas. Never. Yeah, if you would have told, if you would have asked me a year ago, like, hey, Croc, like, you going, like, hell, what? Arkansas never would have, never, never. But anyways, enough of all that. Just uh, speak things into existence, but you you got to believe it. You know what I'm saying? You got to believe it. Like, if there's things that y'all want to do, and right now is the day and the age of the entrepreneur, and it ain't all pretty. It ain't all pretty. Like, when I, when I, when I started training these athletes, like last January, so a year ago now, I quit a job with no, I had no insurance, no, no, like no guarantee of nothing. My wife was like, what? Like, you're going to do what? And I'm like, man, I'm going to do it. And I'm, and, and, and I can't, I can't even express the, the blessings that have come since then, but it ain't, you gotta, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's going to be some things, you know, ups and downs and, and um, different things that's going to try you mentally. And you got to be mentally tough through all this. If that's what you want to do, you know, you want, I, I followed the LeVar ball model. You know what I'm saying? And it was on your own. And I knew I wanted to like, you know, I wanted to be my own boss. You know, it's not for everybody though, but it's definitely been for me and, and all the blessings that have come from it. All right. Anyway, appreciate everybody that's in the chat right now. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to all my 209 folks, all my Stockton folks. You know, I'm from the North side, Valverde Park. Uh, shout out to everybody, wherever you're from. It is dope to see everybody that comes in here every morning to talk, uh, you know, whether it's 49er football or whatever. You know, I, sometimes I come on here and I just start to, I just get to talking. Real quick, somebody made fun of me the other day. They made fun of my my iPhone uh, XR or whatever. And I was like, well, I got a, I got a, um, an iPhone, what is, uh, 12 or whatever. But now... Since y'all, you know what I'm saying? Y'all had the jokes. Now I went and got me the new one, iPhone 13. So, yeah. Now, make fun of that. <laughs> All right, here we go. Congratulations on the gym, bro. Uh, man, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, it's definitely a blessing. I can't wait to to really get it open and all the things I want to do from there. And everybody thinks, like, you know, gym. Is it like, nah, man, like, this is for the kids. It seemed like it's for me, but it's for the kids. It's for the kids, man. It's for the kids. I can't wait for all the things that's going to come from that gym and all the, like, just the, the blessings and everything that's going to happen in there and the way that I want to build everything. And, and man, I, I'm excited. And I wouldn't be able to do any of this with without Danny Smith. Danny Smith. So everybody say congrats to me, man, but... Just say, hey, thank you, Danny Smith. That Danny Smith, that's the man right there, man. None of this would be possible without him. I appreciate the contribution. And it wouldn't be possible without y'all, man. We're talking about the San Francisco 49ers against the Seattle Seahawks today. And really not getting into details of the actual game, but just like the spell that the Seahawks have had over the 49ers. Before we get started, make sure you guys, if you haven't already, download Underdog Fantasy, the app, or go to underdogfantasy.com. Use promo code Crocky. They got over-unders. They got all kind of best, all kind of great stuff. Make sure you guys do that. Underdog Fantasy, promo code Crocky. Support the show. Also, Manscaped. It ain't Monday, so, you know what I'm saying? Monday's usually when I do all my manscaping. But 
you know, Manscaped Monday, you feel me? But manscaped.com, go there right now to the website, use promo code CROC, and you get 20% off of everything on their website. Now, right now, they do have a little bit of deals or whatever, but no matter what, use promo code CROC so they know where you came from, all right? That's manscaped.com, promo code Crocky, underdog fantasy, promo code Crocky. I appreciate all y'all, man. Hey, man, stop walking around crazy. Go get sexy for your lady. Let's go. Thank you for sharing your story. God definitely had a different plans for you. Congratulations on the gym. Love from the Bay. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Miss Tanya. Appreciate it. Yeah. God, God, he works in mysterious ways. That's all I can say. And he know, like, man, Croc, you, you've been grinding. I, I got you now. I got you. <laughs> I think God put me through different things just to, you know, whatever it is. Even making it to the NFL. I don't think me making it to the NFL was for me. I think me making it to the NFL was for other people, you know, to, you know, for the kids to show like, all right, e, look, these are all the things that you had to go through to get here. You know, you, 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 you struggle academically in high school. You made your life harder. You had to go the junior college route. You struggled there. You had a kid at an early age. You dropped out of, you dropped out of college, junior college, um, started working at warehouses and stuff like that. Rob stores, did all kind of crazy stuff. Your best friend went to jail for multiple years. He got out. Y'all went back to junior college, you know, all conference, went to division two school in Arkansas. You know, your cousin just happened to be director player personnel for an arena team. How, what, when, I don't even know how that happened. Next thing you know, you're on the NFL roster, NFL roster. And all those things, I feel like everything that I went through and all the different steps and the stages and the trials and tribulations was all to put that back into the youth and show them that they don't have to go the route that I did. That's so that's what this is for. So not I mean, congratulations to me. Yeah, it's cool, but it's really just a place where um I'll be able to do all these different things for the youth. That's kind of where my mindset is on that. God's plan, man. But um, are y'all ready for the boogeyman? And the boogeyman himself is Russell Wilson. And, you know, we did a crossover episode, Locked On 49ers. Shout out to everybody that listens to Locked On 49ers. We got all the messages, all the screenshots. That was a lot of people's number one podcast that they listened to. A lot of people. Man, I mean, my mentions just, I mean, it's still going just with everybody showing us that Locked On 49ers is the number one podcast they listen to. So that's hella dope on Spotify. That's dope. That's dope. Appreciate all the love and support. We have a crossover episode with, uh, that should be out now from the, uh, with uh, Corbin from the Seahawks. He covers the Seahawks, a beat writer for them. And Russell Wilson is doing bad. Russell Wilson is doing, I mean, he, he's not good right now. And we watched him. I know everybody watched him uh, Monday night against Washington. I'm pretty sure most of y'all watched him. I think the one thing that kind of concerned me a little bit was no matter how bad he was. And he was bad in that game. And he's been bad over these last few weeks and coming back from that finger injury. But no matter how bad he is, he still put them in position to potentially win the game. And that's the one thing that scares me when it comes to Russell Wilson. Like, how? How do you go through all that? How did you, how'd you, you know, and then still have a chance? And that scares me. But if the 49ers are going to, like, stick a fork in them once and for all. This is the time to do it. This is the time. You have them spin out of control. I mean, the 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 turmoil around the Seahawks organization right now is crazy. Um, you know, there's John, you know, they got the Snyder, right? That's the that's the GM, right? John Snyder, I believe. I don't know why that doesn't sound right. Let's see. 
but you have the general manager, you got you got Pete Carroll, you know what I'm saying? Like, and people, oh, let me see, John Snyder. Who's John Snyder? I don't know why that. Let's see, Snyder, uh, Seahawks. Yeah, John Schneider. Schneider. All right, so he's the GM. So you got John Schneider. Schneider. All right, you got Pete Carroll. There's turmoil there. And people are thinking that there's a potential opportunity for the Seahawks to clean house. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that we'd see the day right now that the Seahawks would potentially clean house? And if they lose a few more games in a row, I mean, this is... This is a chance to blow this whole thing up. I'm not going to lie. I'm not mad at it. I hope it happens. Blow the Seahawks up. Blow them up. Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson have been a thorn in the 49ers side for a decade. A decade. I'm terrified every time. I've told y'all, like, man, I'm scared of Michael Myers. I don't know why I'm scared of Michael Myers, but I'm just scared of Michael Myers. All right? Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, they've been Michael Myers to me. I think this is the one time where the 49ers, like, they're down. They're down. And I felt like they were down in that first game, and we just didn't. Fourth Niners in that first game against Seahawks, five straight three and outs forced by the defense. Five straight three and outs forced by the defense. And the offense didn't put their foot on their throats. And then you bring in a rookie who had no playing experience and was not prepared to play in that game. That's the only reason why the Seahawks won that game. But you can't have any weird things happen like in this one. Like you got to stick a fork in them. And if they lose this game, and if it looks bad enough, I promise you, heads will roll. We already see the turmoil going on on the sideline there. DK Metcalf pointing at Geno Smith, wanting Geno Smith to come in over Russell, the guy that's put DK under his wing. Oh, man. Like, this is the time, y'all. This is the time. This is the time for the 49ers to really put their foot on the throat. And this game. A win here doesn't just – it's not just a win. I think it symbolizes potentially the end of an era with the Seattle Seahawks. And not to be dramatic and stuff like that, but, no, seriously. It's getting bad. I think this is the time. 49ers got to take advantage of it. It's almost like they want they want the 49ers to, like, just put me out of my misery. Like, they want that. They're waiting for that. They They need that. And the 49ers need that. And now you just got to go in there and you got to bully them. Now, again, I don't know what the 49ers' top prices are. It's not going to be easy. You're down Debo Samuel. You're down Fred Warner. You're missing guys. That is not going to be easy. But we know how the 12s are going to get. Like, from what I've been hearing, the 12s ain't, they're not happy about it. That one guy, I can't wait to tweet him. I'm hoping I get to – I have the tweets queued up. I have, I have like, two tweets right now ready to go in my drafts for the moment that clock hits zero. All 49ers have to do is win. I'm so upset it got flexed out. Some of our fans are sleeping on Wilson who can easily turn the page and look like Russell Wilson. He has been owning this for a while now. And that's what I'm afraid of. Because even, I mean, look at the Washington game. For how bad it was throughout that game, all of a sudden, Russell Wilson flipped that switch when it was time, when it was go time, and he drove him down the field. And we've seen that 
you know, obviously we saw that in the game earlier this year. I remember 2019. Even the 49ers won in Seattle. 49ers won in Seattle. But uh, he made it a game. 49ers were up like double digits that game. 49ers should have won, like easily. Jimmy Garoppolo, that was the sharpest I've ever seen him. I believe Jimmy was, he completed 18 out of 22 passes in that game. One of his misses was just a drop by uh, Matt Breda. Like, Jimmy was sharp. He was on. And still, somehow, <laughs> it took an Ameri a, a, a amazing tackle from Dre Greenlaw to win. These dudes just don't go away. And they're not going to go away against the 49ers. They're going to be up for it. They know the 49ers. When you get to these divisional matchups, anything can happen. This is one that it, it's just it's always going to worry me. Anytime you play the Seahawks and they have Russell Wilson. Now, they got Geno Smith. All right. But Russell doesn't really miss games. Matter of fact, he missed his first NFL game until this year. First time he ever missed a game in all these years. It, it's so crazy. But they have this, like, voodoo spell over the 49ers. I'm not going to lie, man. I'm feeling like I'm feeling like it's coming to an end. I'm feeling like it's coming to an end. All right. But enough of me talking about it. That was one of the main things I wanted to touch on today. I did want to talk a little bit about um I did want to talk a little bit about the secondary because that seems to be a topic, all right? And there was some news, not news, but just some love shown to Emmanuel Mosley. And I'm reading the comments and they hate Josh Norman. Now again, we went on this rant recently. We went on this rant. Not me, we, but me. You know, I, I went on a rant about Josh Norman. But let's let me look up the let me look up the exact thing I saw on Instagram with, there we go, one, Emmanuel Mosley and how well he's playing. Because for whatever reason, I don't I don't know why everybody hates our secondary so much. I don't know. I'm not saying they're great, all right? I'm not saying the 49ers secondary is great. But they're not nearly as bad as everybody. And it's just like this. It's It's like... Let's just get to the tweet. I mean, the, the message. All right. So, RSF 49ers tweeted out, cornerback Emmanuel Mosley has given up zero touchdowns on 51 coverage snaps this season. That's not right. He definitely has way more than 51 coverage snaps. So, however many coverage snaps he has, uh, Emmanuel Mosley has given up zero. Maybe it's zero targets. So, maybe Emmanuel Mosley has given up 50, zero touchdowns on 51 targets. We'll say that this season. Second only behind Tredavious White. Now, again, I'll repeat. Emmanuel Mosley has given up zero touchdowns on 51, I'm going to say targets. All right, Tredavious White, that's the only person that has done better. Now, the comments, right? So you go to the comments, you read the comments, and just right away, the one thing that everybody's saying, there's, well, there's two things, right? There's two things. And it's just like, what is going on with this fan base and tearing down the secondary? So, Emmanuel Mosley, he's playing awesome. He's doing terrific. The comments in here. Yeah, but how many pass interferences? Yeah, but yeah, but how many times are they calling pass interference? Well, how many times has he been PI? How many times has he been PI? How many times? I mean, just so many. I don't I don't know how many comments there are in here, but I'd be willing to bet that. There's probably over a hundred that are asking how many times. I think I can look this way, right? How how can I look? 
231 comments. I'd say out of the 231 comments in this in this uh Instagram post, I'd say out of 231 comments, probably a hundred asking how many pass interferences Mosley is called for. And it's like, why is that the first thing that people jump to? You have Emmanuel Mosley, he's playing at a really good level. Playing at a really good level. Like he's playing very well. He's a legit starting cornerback in the NFL. And why is the first thing that 49 fans jump to is, well, yeah, but how many pass interferences? Well, the answer to that is two. He's been called for two pass interferences all year. Two. But, like, so, the fact that he's only been called for two pass interferences, why why is that the first thing that people jump to with Emmanuel Mosley? Why can't they just say, damn, Mosley playing very well, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? He's good. But it's like, nah, man, how many pass interferences is being called for? Well, two. Two for 51 yards. All right, two for 51 yards. Which the, the the yardage part of it isn't great, but two penalties, 51 yards. So now, again, I said there were two things that everybody was saying. Here's the other one, which really did kind of still diminish how well Emmanuel Mosley is playing. So it went from, well, I mean, Patrick Fierce and Emmanuel Mosley. And it went to, well, the only reason why he's doing so good is because everybody's targeting Josh Norman. It's like, so now he can only be good because of who's on the other side. Are we going to use that argument for everybody else? Now let's talk about Josh Norman. All right. And I pulled up some numbers and I don't have them up in front of me. I wish I did. I should have them up. I have all these things like ready for arguments. Because, you know, obviously I felt like the 49 secondary isn't as bad as everybody says, but Josh Norman has been flagged six times, which is not. It's not even, it's not top 10 in penalties. All right. Now, again, Norman has what started down there every game. I think he didn't start week one. There might have been one other game he missed. All right. But he's not top 10 in penalties. But you tell everybody else, he just sucks. And if I had to guess, I don't think he's been, I don't think he's given up as many catches as everybody thinks. Because when you look at the comments and when you look at the comments and how they're talking about Josh Norman, a lot of things that people are saying, well, Josh Norman, he's, he stays getting roasted. He's always getting roasted. Well, every other play is getting roasted. No, he's not. Now, I don't have numbers in front of me, but I go on limb and say he gave up two catches against the against the uh, the Vikings. Maybe I'm wrong. But I'd say two. Two catches, Josh Norman. Y'all let me know how, how many catches, because I see my guy, uh, Josh. No, no, it's not Josh. Here we go. Noah. He says, uh, Mosley has three PIs, two versus Indy, one versus Green Bay. All right. Okay. So, Mosley has three. Three penalties. I thought it was two. Okay, three. Still, not bad, right? That's not, like, terrible. All right. Now, uh, if somebody can pull up how many receptions Josh Norman gave up against the Vikings, because I don't think it's a high number. But, again, now we're talking about He's giving up uh, how many how many drop back passes? How many times did did Kirk Cousins drop back to pass? Let's look at this. All right, let's see. Kirk Cousins pass. Let's take a look at it. All right, I'm looking for his game log. And I'm trying to go to his game log against the San Francisco 49ers. Here it goes. So he attempted 32 passes. 
took one sack. So he dropped back 33 times. So out of 33 dropbacks, 33, I'm guessing what let's say, let's say Norman was involved in four passes, right? You know, and ask me, I don't know. I'm just going to say four. Is that always burnt? Is that always toasted? Is that always like getting whoop? You see what I'm saying? I'm trying to just bring a different perspective here. If y'all want to give up Norman, go, get you know, just dog him, whatever, go ahead. But I don't think it's nearly as bad as everybody makes it seem. Now, am I saying that Norman is great? Am I saying he's good? Am I saying that the 49ers can potentially do better? I'm not saying that. Am I saying he's shut down? No, I'm not saying that at all. But I'm also saying it's not as bad as people think. It's not as bad. Again, it's not as bad. And I'll take, okay, if you're going to give up a couple catches a game, if you're going to give up, you know, you're going to have a penalty against you. Can you make an impact? And he's punching out seven passes and also has an interception. Uh, okay, here we go. So, I, Noah, man, you've been you've been awesome. I appreciate you in the chat. Josh Norman was targeted six times and gave up three catches for 63 yards. Again, that's like <clears throat> the, the yards, the yards are gonna come, right? When you have like when you have Kirk Cousins and, and you have uh Justin Jefferson who's been eating everybody up and you got and you got uh uh our guy why am I blanking on that Adam Thielen like it could be way worse three catches 63 yards and again I'm not saying he's shut down I'm not saying it's shut down but three catches okay 63 yards you don't want to give up 20 yards a catch all right there must have been a big one in there definitely the one matter of fact the big one was to Justin Jefferson I'm sure I don't know how big of a play that was Let's see if I can pull up the stats here. Let's see. Full box score. And see how big the, I want to see how big the uh, receiving longest Justin Jefferson. So 30 yards. So I'm pretty sure that was the play that was 30 yards. So half of his yards came on one catch. Not, not ideal that you... You don't want to give up that many yards. But saying you can do worse, especially when, okay, I give up three catches, 60 yards. All right. But also punch a ball out. Also, okay, 50% completion uh, against me. That's that's not bad for a cornerback. If you give up three catches out of six targets, that's not bad. You don't want to give up 60 yards. I'd say 40 would be a little bit more acceptable. But also on top of that, he punched the ball out. So, again, He's giving you an opportunity to take the ball away. He's done that consistently. Like, that's consistent. It's not just something that just happens here and there. He's always punching at the ball. So, at some point, that ball is going to come out. He might force <laughs> 14 fumbles before the season's over. All right? I'm not – I don't want to put on a cape for Josh Norman. I'm not saying that he's great. I'm not saying he's shut down. But what I'm saying is he's not as bad as everybody thinks. And it's crazy that in a in a, in a game – in a post for Emmanuel Mosley, saying Emmanuel Mosley's doing well, all the responses for the most part were negative. Like, what are we doing as a fan base, 49ers? In a post that Mosley's doing well, everybody's either trying to tear him down for whatever reason or tear down Josh Norman. I don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. But anyways, thought he played well. 
Um, I think you could do a lot worse than Josh Norman. I don't think he's great. I think that he's playing at a reasonable level. I'd say there's 64 starting outside corners. That's not including Nichols. I'd say out of 64, you know, he's he's in the top 60. I don't know where, but I know you could do a lot worse at the cornerback position. All right. Here we go. But anyways, man, uh, let's get to it, man. You guys go ahead, hop in the chat. You know, whatever y'all want to talk about, you know, the link is right there. Let's get it. Let's get it. All right, here we go. Um, media, here we go. Frame of reference is important. Ramsey has given up 40 catches for 388 yards and 20 and, and two TDs this year. Norman has given up 24 for 320 and two TDs. And I love Jalen Ramsey. And I love Jalen Ramsey. And the crazy thing is Jalen Ramsey not following guys around really this year. He played a lot of snaps in the slot. So go ahead. I'm going to leave this up here for everybody to see. I'm going to leave that up. Oh, dang, I can't. There's a uh, there's a super chat. But I want everybody to see that. Look at that stat. And Ramsey's tight. Ramsey's tight. Ramsey's, Ramsey's that guy. But look at that stat. Please. We're using some context here. No, man, Noah, you've been awesome. Our guy, Brad Brown, is San Francisco. They were born salty. <laughs> that might be the case, man. I don't know. I mean, listen, all, I'm I'm just here. I'm just here to bring a little, a different, a different perspective, should I say. All right. I'm not here to tell y'all you're wrong or anything like that. I'm just saying we got to start to use, we got to use a little context. All right. We got to use a little context, but you know what? I got my guy. Here we go. I got my guy Noah on here. So he could come on and bring a little bit more context. One second. Let me get this uh, right right here. Boom. All right. Here we go. What's up, What's up man? What's up? <laughs> What's up, dude? Uh, I think people don't – playing corner is so hard, man. It's so, so hard. And then when you, you everyone watches, watches corners get – get burned and you watch and because you're out there on an island and it's it's easy to spot a guy and be like oh well, he's he got torched i think norman norman is playing all right and i, I put those numbers up there for i'm not saying that norman is even close to jalen ramsey right but you have to understand like you have to understand the context of what corners are dealing with like people aren't corners aren't out there like just locking people down giving up zero yards you know or, or 10 yards 10 yards a game it's hard out there. Well, and I think that's the part that people get lost in. And I always tell people, you know, obviously we watch the 49ers, but watch other teams as well because I think it'll help put things into perspective what was really going on at the cornerback position. So I think when we watch Josh Norman every week, right, and it's just like, oh, man, he got beat here, or, oh, man, a pass interference here, and we see it. But that's all most, a lot of 49er fans have to go off of because they don't sit and watch full games from these other teams and see everything that happens to those guys on a consistent basis. Right. And I, I, I goofed on Norman a little bit with Grant and, and all that, and that's all that's all fun. But um, it's just like the, the other thing about the, the, the PIs is I think some of it is actually positive, right? Because as a coach, you always you teach your corners, like don't give up – Give up the PI, don't give up the touchdown. 
And uh, you know, Norman is at this point in his career, he's limited physically. So yeah, I think there's certain points where he knows he's beat, and he's just like, all right, I'm giving up the P. I'm gonna PI him because I'm not. I'm rather do that than give up the score, and we'll live another. And we'll live another down. So I think some of that can be uh, can be a is a positive. It's not necessarily oh he he stinks. I think some of it he's playing aggressive on purpose. Um, so I, I don't think for what for what they could do. I think Norman's all right. No, do I think they should hang on to him next year and and roll him out next year? No, but no. <laughs> so here here's a question for you, right? So shout out shout out to our guy, uh, Mister Big Tuna. Twan, all right. Uh, all we need is a stud to play along Mosley. I I think that's what the 49ers were expecting, right? You come into the season, your guy really is uh, uh, Jason Verrett, right? But you lost him, and obviously, I mean, we know his injury history, so maybe it was something that people could should have been like, hey, this we know this is something that potentially can happen, but like really, like that that's your guy, right, Jason Verrett. Now, when you lose him. I think everybody's like, well, the 49ers haven't addressed the cornerback position. But it's like, uh, they have. Like, they drafted two corners in this last class. Did they draft them as high as maybe everybody wants them to? No, but you drafted Ambry Thomas, who fits from a uh, height, weight, speed, athleticism standpoint. They drafted uh, Diamador Lenore. We'll see what happens with that. They drafted guys that Norman was not on a roster. So, yes, I think if, if it's as simple and as easy as saying, well, we need a stud to play alongside Mosley. Everybody in the in, in the NFL, every team wants to say, "Well, I just need a I need a stud to play alongside Tre'Davious White, or I need a stud to play alongside Jalen Ramsey." Y'all can't even name the corners, other corners on the Rams, right? We don't even know who the other corners are in Buffalo, right? Like it's hard. Like there's not as many good coverage guys as people think, and not so much that guys aren't good, but just playing cornerback is just so hard. Like it's so hard. So at some point. More than likely, you're gonna get guy. I think you're good by just having a Mosley that's playing well. What are your thoughts on that? No, I, I think well, well, I think if they can find another guy on the other on the other side, like Mosley, like Mosley is a great, I think, a great number two. And then if they can find if they can find a really a, a, another number one, I think this defense will go to another level. That's why I was in earlier in the year. I was I wanted them to go after Gilmore because I thought you put Gilmore in. And Mosley out there, I think Mos that's gonna that's gonna be a great combo because I don't think I don't think Mosley. If you look at Mosley's com, uh, his uh, he didn't go to a combine, but I think it was um, Joe workout. He's got good numbers. It's he ran like a, yeah. a four a four four. He has a good a good shuttle time. Like they're they're like draftable numbers. I don't know why he got he didn't get drafted, but. Um, he's an athlete. He's he's a real he's a real athlete. Um, so, and, and with the Verrett injury we were talking about before, um, I think that that the, the corner issue it's a larger it's part of a larger issue where the 49ers have a large number of injury prone players on the roster. So they it's difficult for them to back up and have suitable backups for every position. And when you have so many guys that are injury prone, you're just going to, it's going to increase the chances of guys get injured. Now, if you look at Verrett's past, there's a high probability that he was going to probably get injured again. So ideally you would want to have suitable backups. So in case that happened, but they can't do that for every position. So where did they do it? They did it at quarterback. They vested a lot there. You know, they drafted Trey Lance, um, 
Obviously, he's the future, but he's also the backup right now. And then they poured money into the defensive end position because their uh, their main guy, D Ford, is always injured. So they signed Samson Embicom. So like, there's only so many places where they can pour vested resources in. So the way they treated corner is they went and they drafted um, they drafted a bunch of young guys, but they drafted them later, and they're not ready. So uh, ideally, you'd want them to treat that to do a better job treating that corner position. Um, but there's only so many you can only you can only deal with so many places, invest so many resources in so many places. I do think they should start investing more resources in in the corner position because I think it's it's so important. Um, but seeing what they did this year, there's so many so many places, so many things they could do. Right. There are so what would you have like the 49ers to do in this draft? Were you one of the guys that really wanted the 49ers to draft uh uh, 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 Samuel, wait, uh, yeah, I was, I was actually, I a big, Samuel I, Jr. no, I, I don't like Eric. I, I, I don't like small corners. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not, I, I'm not a big, I was not a big Samuel, uh, Samuel Jr. guy. Uh, my, I didn't necessarily have a problem them not going the Santi, Sante Samuel Jr. My overall issue is I didn't like them drafting the running the running back sermon because I felt like Bobby Turner can they they have so they do such a great job and this is even before uh, Mitchell is that they do such a great job of just finding running backs and then turning them into studs. I knew they were going to turn if it wasn't Mitchell it was going to be some UDFA that they were going to turn into a stud. So there's no reason to go out there and spend a third round pick on a back whether it's Sermon or whoever, because the guy, Bobby Turner's been doing this for his entire career. The guy's 72 years old. He's pulled out out of his ass for his entire career. So there's no reason to spend. So I would have liked them to draft a corner probably a little sooner, using with the second pit, the second uh, round pick or the third round pick. Um, uh, rather than maybe the guard and the, especially with the guard not playing, um, and, and certainly rather than uh, Trey Sermon. All right, yeah, and I, I mean, I don't mind smaller corners. Uh, I'm actually someone who most people are like, "Fuck, you were a big corner," you know, I was six, six two, two hundred pounds, damn near. And uh, but I like the way the smaller guys move better, and I think there's just a little bit more versatility in which guys that they can cover. So I tend to lean a little bit more towards guys that are six foot, five eleven, kind of more in that range, as opposed to like the six three corner, because a lot of times the six three corner, which I'm familiar with clearly, but the movement skills are just a little bit yeah. longer. So you yeah. know, I typically lean towards more of the smaller guys because I just think the change of direction, the footwork, all that stuff is a little better. And I think it allows them, especially in today's game, that's a little bit more open. Uh, you know, a lot of it is like off coverage and especially if they're going to continue to be so, you know, with the, with the way that they're flagging guys, I think like now more than ever, you, you kind of need guys that are a little bit better with their feet and stuff like that. So I, I yeah, yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree with that. I mean, it's really, it's difficult to find big corners with the, with the hips and the COD that, that you, that you really want. Um, probably when you start getting to that six, three range, it gets more, it's get more, it gets more difficult. But, um, I mean, there's certainly guys out there, I think that are, you know, six, six foot, six, one that, 
you know, move like they're five eight. Um, I mean, those are the guys that normally go in the first round, but but uh, right. it's, it's not crazy. But like, you're not gonna get that. You're you're ten. You're usually not gonna get that guy in the, like the fourth in the fourth round. Something crazy. Like he's got red flags, you know. Um, and th- that's why I think they the 49ers need to um, spend a little bit more resources on on this position. Uh, certainly more than they've they've spent in in the past. And I mean, I'm I'm. I started a little bit. I'm, I'm really eager to get to dive into this corner class because I think they really need to. The 49ers really, really need to address it. I know they 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 drafted two last year, but they really need to hit that hit that position again. I think, I think it's like you gotta like nuke it. Just keep keep hitting until you find somebody. Yeah, and. I think we're in luck, man. I think this is a good cornerback class that's coming up. But, Coach, man, I appreciate you coming on. I'm going to get to the next caller. Yeah, you got it, dude. Have a good day. All right, Noah. That was awesome. Awesome insight there. Uh, the average fan has no idea how hard it is to contain a wide receiver who knows what he is going to do, and the corner does not. It is tough. Corner is the hardest position to play. And I, I think everybody just thinks that it's just – as easy as just having somebody that's really good and he just go out there and he's going to play well. On any given play, you can get got. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? On any given play. If you take one bad step or whatever, that's why I lean more towards the philosophy of building the front. And again, this is me. I'm a cornerback guy, but I just understand how hard it is. Like, it's hard. It's so hard. So what I would do, I'm building up that front. I'm putting a lot of resources into that. And I think that's helping me uh, on the back end. I skipped a super chat. Okay, I'm going to try to get to that. Let's see if I can find it here. I got that one. Hold on. Let's find it here before I get to the next caller. I want to make sure I get to all the super chats. I see this one. And I appreciate this. I appreciate this. I see the Grant Cone negativity one. Uh, I I know I talked about this one. I don't know which one, which one did I miss? But I appreciate everybody that's in the chat right now. I definitely appreciate all the contributions. About to bring on another caller. Really excited about that, man. I can't. I hope I. I don't know if. Oh, nope. I just had this one up. Which one did I skip? I appreciate everybody with the contributions. Here we go. I got my guy Ben coming on. Ben, what's good? I'm good, Croc. How are you doing today, man? What's your philosophy on on you know addressing the cornerback position? Do you think it's that simple as just drafting the corner really high, or do you think that it's something that you know, hey, let's build the front, and that's going to help with the back end? How would you go about it if you were? We're, we're going to say we got GM Ben, all right, GM Ben. Mm-hmm. What are you doing this offseason about the cornerback position? Well, just as you were um, talking about that at the end there with Coach, right, you were reminding me of the conversation we had on my show, I think, gosh, like months ago now, where we were talking about pressure versus coverage. And we were talking about this issue specifically where you were telling me, you're like, look, I'm a corner. I'm telling you, with how hard it is to cover guys, you need to get that pressure before anything else. And, and I think corner is super important. I'll get to my philosophy in a second, but I, th- I feel like the problem we're getting into Croc this year, you've been touching on it a lot is that corner play isn't bad for the 49ers. I don't think, I think people give it a lot more crap than it deserves, but when you don't have the pass rush to go along with it, 
you just can't expect your corners to cover for that long, right? And I think with Nick Bosa specifically, like it's Nick Bosa and some guys this year. That's what I'm seeing recently. And they're just not getting the type of pressure that they should be getting with how much they've invested in that defensive line. But in terms of my philosophy of um, like going after corners, I, I'm I'm in the boat of I think you just got to keep going until you get them and keep investing higher and higher and higher. Now, I think the tough part is, is like, I think at the beginning of this season, I would have said, oh, yeah, take a second round corner. Absolutely. Like, no question. I, I just think unless you go after those like top 40, top 50 draft picks sort of guys, you just can't expect to get value. Or if you do, you're, you're getting lucky or there's something that you figured out with that player that other people didn't figure out. And, you know, even a guy like Ambry Thomas, he's a risk to me, even though like you talked about yourself like multiple times, how he's that type top 50 sort of talent. Right. But he didn't play a year. He had kind of had his own issues, but with guys like that, like, I, I just I think you can't quite get the corners you want to get unless you're going to go after them in the top 50. So you either have to do that or go and grab J.C. Jackson or someone like that in free agency. Right. I, unless you're going to go get one of the premium guys or invest top 50 picks like year after year. And like I, unless I hit that guy, Croc, unless I had that guy next to Mosley, who I was comfortable with, I would keep picking them in the top 50 year after year because I just think the the position is so important. but. Also, I'll say this, I kind of want the 49ers to go after a pass rusher in round two next year. I, I, re- I really think they need that guy opposite Nick Bosa on their defense. So I, I they're going to have to invest in corners some way differently. I don't think what they have now is, is the right solution long term, but I also don't know where they should necessarily go with it. Like if, if it was me, like I said, I'm all about drafting corners in the second round, but now I look across this roster and I think there's so many other spots that I worry about too, especially that pass rush, but even, even the offensive line a little, like I'd like to replenish that, like the Aaron Banks pick, he just hasn't shown up yet. And it's, and to me, Croc, I feel like the, the, the thing that makes this really tough this season for the 49ers is they didn't hit on any of those day two picks, at least this year where they're playing and they're contributing. So to me, if if you get one of those guys, you either take a corner next year or Embry Thomas is working out, right? And if, if Aaron Banks is playing good, well, guess what? Then you don't have to address interior of your offensive line or try and get another guy there. So I, I would try, I would want to go after a corner, but I feel like the position they're in now, I'm not sure if they can, Croc. Yeah, and, and it's tough, and, and hopefully they can – you know, you, you do want a guy that, that's talented. I, I look at this cornerback class, and I definitely see one that is a little deeper to where, you know, second round, you should be able to get somebody that's talented. Okay. Now, again, I haven't done super deep dive, but I'm looking at a lot of the names. I'm looking at some of what I know about some of these prospects right now at the cornerback position. I'm like, man, there should be somebody good for the 49ers in the second round that's talented and not, like, limited, right? Because if you look at guys like Ambry Thomas, I thought he test he's going to – he's going to – test apart, right, from a height, weight, speed standpoint and all that. But I did think he lacked a little bit from a movement skill standpoint. And maybe that's what he's kind of having a little bit of trouble with right now. Diamond Lenore, I actually liked a lot of his game, but I did question just the pure long speed on ver- vertically pushing routes. And that was one thing that I kind of made note of. So if you want a guy that kind of has a combination of all those things and won't have as many limitations, you likely have to draft a guy like that in the top 50, like you said. So, yeah, no, I definitely agree with you on that. But I also 
will die on this hill of saying, if if you have a, a terrific pass rush, it can mask a lot of things that's going on over the back end. And not, not to say that guys won't get beat. Again, I, and I try to put this into perspective. Quarterbacks are averaging 250, 300 yards on everybody, oh, yeah. right? So, like, if you see a quarterback end up with, you know, 240 yards against the 49ers, 49ers aren't the only team that's given up that many yards. Right. And they're getting it in similar fashion against everybody that, that they play against. So now, so everybody's not, you're not having just this great, great success. And I think, again, we could look at 2019 and how right. much success the 49ers had. That's not realistic. Their pass rush was just amazing, right? More times than not, your pass rush won't look like that. It'll look more like what we've seen from the 49ers this year, where it's a little hit and miss, and you still have to find ways to win games. And because it's a little hit and miss, you know, the secondary is going to give up a little bit more, but that's just going to happen. And and I, and I it's not just against the 49ers. No. It's not. I mean, I mean, I just as you're saying that, Croc, I think about that Thanksgiving play that uh, Diggs made on Marshawn Lattimore. It's like you can only be so good, right? You're going to get beat every once in a while. Like you just can't expect to win every play at the corner position. Um, but I kind of want to ask you about something I've been thinking about lately with the, with the offense and kind of the flow that Kyle's been in, because I think he's been in a real rhythm these last three games, Croc. Um, but how do you think things would change in, let's say, a game against a Cincinnati or, or, or a team that who can pass like that right in the playoffs when game flow doesn't dictate their way? Because that's kind of the thing I've been worrying about right now is I feel like these last three games specifically – Game flow is completely gone the 49ers way, pretty much ex- except against the Vikings, I think you could say. Even then, they, they, they had things going the way they want, where they want to run down teams' throats, right? They don't want to ask Jimmy to throw more than 25, 26 times per game. So I, m- what I'm questioning right now, and I think they'll be fine for the rest of the regular season, but more in the playoffs is how, how are they going to keep up with a team who can pass like Cincinnati, Dallas, Tampa, but they're going to be down, you know, seven, 10 points in the second or third quarter. I I just don't know how Kyle's going to necessarily react to that, especially with how things have been going lately, because he has been in such a rhythm with his running offense. Right. And they're, they're I think their run pass in these last three games, it's like, it's like 64, 36. It's crazy. Right. So Kyle's just running, running, running. How, how do you think they're going to react against like, like Cincinnati in two weeks, if Cincinnati gets up big early, um, how do they play and how do they respond? No, I, I think the Vikings game kind of showed us how okay. they have to respond, right? You know, we can look at the previous two games and know that everything went their way. The big question was, well, if Jimmy doesn't come out and be as efficient, e- efficient right away, if the offense does turn the ball over, all the things the 49ers fans and people were talking and saying the 49ers couldn't have happened if they wanted to win that game, right? That's what they were saying about the Vikings. Now it's all, all the Vikings aren't good. But when it was when it was happening, when, leading up to that game, everybody was super worried and saying that the 49ers pretty much had to play a perfect game just like they did the previous two weeks. And they didn't, right? And now it's a, a high-powered, explosive offense. The quarterback had been really efficient, had not really turned the ball over at all. Um, You have all these special receivers. You got a run game, yeah, everything. And 49ers came out, were missing plays. Uh, you know, you had Jimmy throwing interception, the, the, you know, you, you, you fell behind seven zero. And then I think you were behind again, 14, yeah. seven and still the 49ers found a way to win. So if you need like uh, something to kind of reference as to what it has to look like for the 49ers, I think it's 
okay, we made our mistakes. Now let's not compound that. Let's right. now focus on, okay, how are we going to get back into this? Okay, we drive. We have a good drive. We tie the game up. Okay, we go back in the halftime. We get the ball back. Boom, we score. Next drive, oh, interception. You know, like, continue to do things like that late in the game. Josh Norman punches the ball out. 49ers didn't get it back. But, again, just giving them an opportunity to get the ball back. Like, you know, you're going to need, like, things like that to happen if it's not working perfect. And, I, and that's not just for the 49ers. I think that's for every game in the NFL. Yeah, and – you know, I just feel like early in this season, they were throwing the ball so much more than they, they were now, where I don't want to say they're, like, taking the ball out of Jimmy's hands, but they're they're mitigating the risk, right? They right. they understand that. I, I've been talking about this last few days on Twitter, where I, I feel like they kind of finally understood that the risk-reward with Jimmy, where, you know, if you're going to force him to push the ball down the field, he's going to have more turnover-worthy plays. Like, it's just going to happen. He just doesn't have the big time upside explosive place to go along with that. So I think you just you have to understand his limitations. You don't want to push him beyond those. Right. And that's where I feel like they were getting into trouble earlier this year. You know, there's like there's multiple games where Jimmy's throwing 30, 40 times a game. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I guess you're right about the Vikings. I didn't think about that Vikings game that way. I think that's a great way to think about that, that they can respond to that sort of team. Um, but. I don't know. I'm still a little. I I, I want to see him do it. Do do this again for the next few weeks, <laughs> and I know that's how it always goes with football, right? But um, I I think if they can prove that they can continue this run, even in even in games where it doesn't necessarily all dictate their way, then I'd be much more happy. Even though that Minnesota win was, I thought was probably the biggest one of the season, and it should put them in the top five or six of the NFC. The NFC is wide open, right? So you wide never open. know. And and that's a and Croc, I'll tell you this. The one team who I am feeling confident about in the NFC right now is Arizona. I actually put a, a ticket on them uh Super Bowl eight to one because if you look at any team right now that is poised to to get hot at the right moment, I have a feeling it's Arizona, considering all their injuries, considering they've been winning games without Kyler Murray. And their schedule's not going to be crazy down the stretch either. And they have two losses right now. I think they could be 15 and two or 14 and three headed into the playoffs. So I, I'm not trying to get too ahead of things, but if there's one team right now, I, maybe it's Arizona, but I don't think any team has proven themselves at all. Let's, you know, and obviously with me saying this, getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but say the 49ers make the playoffs and they have to play against Arizona in AZ. Is that a game you're worried about? In the sense of like, just like, I don't think 49ers can win this game or it's going to take a miracle for the 49ers to win. The, is, is that that one team? I feel like it's them and playing Green Bay at home just because I wouldn't want to go to Green Bay. Uh, so I think those two teams like Tampa, I think you can beat Tampa. I think Tampa is a little overrated personally. But um, I, yeah, Arizona is that team I worry about right now. I just wouldn't want to play the Cardinals, especially with Kyler coming back. Um, that offense is in a rhythm already. I mean, they're running the ball like it, it, that offense just looks so good. And, and, and I think we all underestimated Cliff Kingsbury a little too much. Right. So it's just funny how things go. Well, is it, is, did, was he really, he didn't have the success in college. No. Right? Then he comes to the league and he's not having the success there. They started yeah. off well last year and kind of fell off. So I, I don't think that it was unjust right I, I don't think it was no. you know however people thought about him was like hey man you're wrong for feeling this way about cliff kingsbury because 
over we have an extended period of time of him really not proving that he yeah. can coach well well croc we we cover the things as they happen right we're not we're not projecting into the future we see what's happening right. and we try and tell people what's happening that's what was happening with cliff right but now it's all changing and it's just funny how things in the nfl can flip so quickly like that to me croc um but i'll, I'll let you get to another caller i did want to mention though two fsu guys two defensive ends Go, yeah. go check them out. Give them a good watch. They're fun. So um, once, you, once you get to your defensive ends and scouting, those are two fun guys. Go check them out. All right. I'll be calling in, man. I appreciate you coming on, bro. All right. Thanks, Croc. I appreciate it. All right. Shout out to my guy, Ben. Come on, people. Hit that like button. All right. Now I want to say I'm the 40, only 49ers uh, podcaster show without an agenda. But yeah, man, hit the like button. Make sure, you know, let people see this. Help with the algorithms, all that good stuff. I appreciate everybody that's in here right now. You guys already know, Underdog Fantasy, promo code Crocky. Make sure you guys download the app or go to underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code and be able to go win you some money, man. Bet on over-unders, all that stuff. And if you're just into fantasy, they have that for you as well for all sports. So underdogfantasy.com, promo code Crocky. Go download the app. Use the promo code. Do that right now. Support the show. Also, Manscaped, manscaped.com. You know, get cleaned up right now. is the perfect time, holidays. If you want a gift for yourself, or if you have a, if there's a woman on here and you want to give a gift for your significant other, or when y'all just see, man, you see your brother or whatever, your uncle, you're like, man, my uncle's hella hairy, his nose is hairy, chest hairy. You want him to clean all that up? Go to Manscaped. They got the new 4.0 package that's out right now. Uh, use the promo code Crocky and you'll get 20% off of everything on the Manscaped website. So Manscaped.com promo code Crocky Underdog Fantasy. Promo code Crocky. Go do those two things right now. All right. Real quick, got another guy coming on, my guy Darius, and he's been patiently waiting. I appreciate you, Darius. Here we go. Darius, what's good, oh, man? Good. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great, bro. How you feeling, man? I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. I, I came on earlier and I talked about uh, my gym. It should be arriving today. Real quick, let me get to this uh, super chat real quick. The corners and defensive numbers only matter in the fourth quarter. The first three are important, but elite defenses show up in the fourth quarter. You know, my response to that, my, my guy, Double B Studio, is I think the elite pass rush shows up in the fourth quarter. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's when the, the pass rush has to pounce. You know, secondary is tough, man. You've been running and clocking all those uh, steps and yards throughout the entire game. But biggest thing, you want help late in that fourth quarter, that pass rush. Get to the quarterback. Make him, you know, get tired of being hit. You know, get to him, force guys off of their spots. That's going to help the secondary, and everybody looks good. All right, so that's what I think needs to happen late in the fourth quarter. <laughs> but uh, what's going on with you, hey, man? Right, right. I, what's on your mind? Okay, so uh, <clears throat> I've been looking at these film reviews, and, uh, you know, naturally it's – they're mostly talking about Jimmy and what's going on with him. But what I've seen was – as far as with the Vikings, um, and I would have to go back to check other teams if they did this or not, but with the Vikings, when they ran a man coverage more times than not, the the isolated DB that was zone, or I guess they call him the robber, uh, he would favor Debo on like a slant or cross. Like he would, he, he's there. Like it's like a double team pretty much like, He's not even thinking about nobody else, you know what I'm saying? And um, I guess my question is now, this week, you know, strategy, 
how do you feel they're going to guard Brandon Ayuk? You think he'll get the same type of, of, of attention? Or you, you think Pete will be more or less just about stopping us from the run and, and loading the box and daring us to throw with Jimmy? I think, I mean, you know, of course, like the, he's going to get the attention. 49ers wide receiver, you know, group. It, it's slim without Debo Samuel, as most teams, most teams without their best receiver is going to be slim, right? I think the 49ers are actually in an advantageous situation, you know, being able to have a Brandon Ayuk who has a lot of talent and also, you know, a George Kittle. I think if I'm the Seattle mm -hmm. Seahawks, I'm looking to take away George Kittle, first and foremost, right? Like that's the All guy right. that you can't let beat you with no Debo Samuel. So if there's any guy that I'd be looking to, you know, pay a little more attention to, it would be George Kittle. All right, yeah, because, you know, I, I asked because, like, I remember last year when, when Debo went out and I filled in that role, like, he did his thing and, and he ran a few of, of Debo's plays, you know, with, with the sweeps and all that good stuff. And, I mean, Lord, I don't know. If they put him running back, I hope you know what he's doing, but that's another story. Um, no. You talking about are you putting that him at running yeah, back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just joking. Nah, I'm just joking. Nah. I know they, they ain't gonna okay, do that. Yeah. They ain't gonna do that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah. Another thing too was like, you know, Jalen Hurd, he had fit, I think, a certain type of player that Kyle wanted. I feel like Jalen was supposed to be our, that was supposed to be our boy, boy, like Antonio Brown type. You know what I'm saying? Run the routes and get get down there deep and jump over you type cat and that didn't work out obvious. So this draft coming up, do you feel like maybe Kyle might be looking for another receiver to, to fit that type of, um, can I say like that, that game style or do you think that's even like on the radar as far as when the draft comes, like the thing about a receiver or any of that? Because I know a lot about the corner, and, and we do need a corner. If, if I'm Kyle Shanahan, the one thing about offense is he can manufacture the touches for everybody. So whether it's George Kittle, whether it's Debo, whether it's Ayuk or anybody else, he's able to kind of finesse that the way that he sees fit. Corn, uh, defensive back, or not even defensive back, but defense in general, that's more of a reaction type thing. Like, so you just need guys with ability. So if I'm the 49ers, I probably go out and pay a little bit more yeah. attention to the defense, right? Whether it's getting edge rushers, you know, an edge rusher in the second round, which is tough. Most of the time, the second round edge, he's missing something. But whether it's drafting, you know, an edge or drafting somebody in the secondary, I think now I'm trying – typically I'm higher on cornerbacks, but now I'm kind of lean, leaning more, a little bit more towards, like, a safety that can affect the game because corner – you know, you can have a Jalen Ramsey, but guys can just decide to stay away from him or a Stephon Gilmore. And it's like, well, I'm just going to stay away from him. Safeties, I feel like now more than ever, can impact the game in more ways, whether it's in the passing game or the run game. So maybe they look for that safety that is super rangy and has playmaking ability. That would be something that's enticing. But I think when it comes to getting a receiver, I'm, I'm sure the 49ers, who have been known to draft receivers, I, I think last year was the first time they didn't draft a receiver. So... You know, they've been known to draft a guy. It might not be as high. And we traded up for him, too. We tra Who? Okay. Go ahead. I'm saying well, for Brandon Ayuk, didn't we trade up for him? Didn't we trade up for uh, Brandon Ayuk? Yeah, Ayuk, yeah. So so that's yeah. what I'm saying. I, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if you just go ahead and draft some draft a receiver higher. Oh, I, I think they'll prioritize defense. We'll see.
right and I'm, I'm going after this but uh so remember when i asked yesterday about jimmy like is it is is the throws like kind of like predetermined like is he already thinking he's going to throw to this person yada yada and so kurt warner he comes out of film study darius i'm i'm losing you uh my bad darius we we lost you started uh breaking up really bad uh, maybe try to uh, come out and then come back in. We'll see if that helps uh, the connection there. My guy, Double B Studio, coming back in. If a corner gets beat on one to ten or two, oh, on first and ten or second and ten, on the opponent's twenty-five yard or forty, those numbers add up, forgivable. But on third downs and backed up against the red zone stops, those numbers I care about more. Okay, I see what you're saying. So. You 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 want guys that tighten down more in the red zone as opposed to just like okay if you get beat out in the open field that's whatever but when it when it matters when you need it most in the red zone you want guys to be in there to make plays for am, am I am I reading that correctly? And I agree I think you know one thing that definitely can help in the red zone is having guys that are physical. But the tough thing is the NFL is kind of taking that away man they're throwing flags on all that. So you have guys in the, in and if they deem it just a little bit too much contact flag so i don't know i i think now more than ever you need guys that have the ability to play off have the quick twitch to change the direction of feet to be able to mirror and match receivers movement skills and ability and um that's typically the smaller corners that's typically the guys that are a little you know not as big not as long-legged i think that's what you're looking for at double b studio i think you want a guy about 5'11 Good change of direction, good heat, hips, good feet, good, you know, flip, but also has the speed to run vertically with guys. So we see guys like Greg Newsom. I loved Greg Newsom. I loved Greg Newsom. He was my second favorite corner in this class. He would be perfect for the 49ers. But right now, he's perfect for the Browns. He's having a solid year as a rookie. I appreciate the contribution. Love everybody. Love all the contributions. Love everybody that's in here in the chat. Right now, I appreciate everybody that came in here. I appreciate everybody that came on the show. Again, if you haven't already, Underdog Fantasy, download the app, promo code Crocky. Also, Manscaped.com, promo code Crocky. 20% off. Go get that 20% off right now. <laughs> here we go. Hold on. Let me see. I see. I saw. Um, I'm reading some of the comments in here. Croc, do you know what notable CBs that will be available in free agent this offseason? I don't know, but I'll say this. I'm really not big on free agent corners. I'm just not big on free agent corners. It's going to depend on where the 49ers are. I'm definitely, because, again, I value corners. Just uh, It's just a little different. Unless it's like a homegrown guy or a guy that's available for a weird reason. Like, you know, say like a C.J. Henderson. That's somebody I would have made a move for, right? I would have I traded for C.J. Henderson. Stephon Gilmore. For, I think if the 49ers maybe were better at the time that Stefan Gilmore was available, I think that would have been an opportunity for the 49ers to really, you know, go and get him. But the 49ers weren't playing well when Stefan Gilmore was available. And I think that was a situation where it was just like, do we do we trade for this guy and go all in for a guy that might, you know, are we good? Are we not? Also, there's something about him wanting to go to Carolina. 
think he had an, he had a house already. I guess he's from there. He got traded to the Carolina Panthers, and he's from that area. And he has he's had a house next to like the the Panthers GM. So that might have been a spot where it's just like he just he wanted to go there. So yeah, but as far as free agency with cornerbacks, I think a lot of times when you don't watch a corner every play, you think a guy is better than he is. So we're gonna hear names in the free agency, and people are gonna be like, "Go get that guy! Go get that guy!" I'm not big on that. I'm not big on that. I think uh, I'd I take my chances more in the draft. Maybe free agency if a guy is kind of you know you know low money, but nah. I probably would go the route of draft. I mean, now maybe defensive end. I'll spend a little money in free agency on defensive end if a guy's available and you know not too crazy. Here we go. This is a good question. Do do the Packers have content guys like Crocker? <laughs> um, the Packers. Hey man, listen. If you want, if you want a guy to give content like I do for the Packers, I have a guy for you. So you got to subscribe to this channel, and I have a guy who is not he's he's not a podcast guy yet, but maybe I could turn him into one. <laughs> He's a Packer fan, though. He's a Packer fan, but he looks at the game the same way I do. Matter of fact, as I'm tweeting and stuff like that, he typically he'll DM me about a prospect or any, you know, or how something might pertain to the Packers. So uh, I, I might have a guy for you. Got to stick with me. Stick with me, Victor. I might have a guy for you. I missed the super chat again. No, I got your super chat. I posted. I asked. I answered your question. Hold on. I'll go back up to it. It wasn't that one. It was this one. Oh, wait. Okay, hold on. Maybe I didn't. I think I posted it. Maybe I didn't get to it. All right, but here we go. Um, I like the bell technique we play, but our eyes have to be – our eyes have been undisciplined at times, but not bad play overall, crap. Okay, great question. So, a couple things here. When you are bailing out, there's a lot of anticipation that goes into that. Now, I'll tell you who was really good at press bill. Really good. One of the best I've ever seen. Josh Norman. 2015 version of Josh Norman. He was terrific with his press bill. That was a press bill clinic. If you look at a lot of my tweets heading into last year's draft, I re I, I referenced that season a lot as it pertained to how well Josh Norman pressed bill and how much he challenged himself from a press bill position. I think they played a lot of quarters and he was able to really just challenge himself no matter the receiver. It damn near looked like man, but I think it was a zone. I think it was more of a quarters and they felt comfortable doing that. The only other guy I've seen do it to that level was probably Jeffrey Akuda at Ohio State. He was really good at it. Really good. And, I was, and that's what I was referencing. Like, damn, this guy, this one of the best press bell guy I've seen since Norman. Now, later in his career, I think uh, uh the Spoon Richard Sherman was legit at that, but it no Norman's not that anymore. You know, now Norman is more focused on not getting beat over top. I think it was a technique that he had to play early on because Norman Norman wasn't the fastest of guys, even when he was younger. Now obviously he's older. So you know, the older you get, you're gonna lose the step. And now he has to play like that. And 
it's it's just tough. You can tell that he's not fully challenging himself as much on a consistent basis. So when Norman is in a bail right now, you could probably get him on a stop route. Maybe he doesn't squeeze it as tough on an end-breaking route. But a few years ago, man, he was legit at that. I do think that definitely having an eye discipline with helping that, especially if you're reading your keys. Most of the time, guys are reading two to one in the zone, especially if you're bailing and recognizing when two goes away right now, okay, I can play man on one now. I could, I could settle my feet a little bit and sit on some of these stop routes. But if you don't, if you don't do it right, it ends up like looking like Josh Norman against the Rams on that. There's a pass down the left sideline in the red zone to Jefferson, Van Jefferson. And you see Norman in a press bill and he kind of stops his feet just a little bit. I think that was him misjudging what he was anticipating. So that's something that you can kind of get into at times in the press bill. But I think, yeah, overall they can get a little bit better. But I think with Norman right now, he kind of is what he is at this age. I appreciate the contribution. My bad for not getting to that earlier. All right. All right. Again, man, I appreciate everybody that's in here. Everybody that's in the chat. My guy Vic that was in here, a Packer fan. And I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to get some Packer stuff for you, man. I promise. Rushman. I've seen him in the chat. Is Rushman a, a Packer fan as well? I'm gonna try to get a guy for y'all. <laughs> Crack gotta change the podcast name to Josh Norman Jimmy G podcast. You know, the tough thing is, man, I talk about what everybody else is talking about, and I want to touch on those things. And if you look up and down my timeline, a lot of it's Josh Norman and Jimmy Garoppolo. And we come on here and we talk a little bit about some of that. But uh, I appreciate everybody that's in here. Appreciate everybody that's subbing. Got my guy Rush, man. We got the Packer guy that 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 sub. We got Victor. Victor. Oh, Victor isn't a Packer fan. So is it just Rush, man, that's a Packer fan? Croc, I have your online store, bro. I'll send you the link. I don't have an online store. Do I? I don't think so. We do got the merchandise. Got the Frontline Sports merchandise. Got the beanies. Got the uh, the hats. I still got some flat bill hats. I got the red one on right now. Still got some flat bill hats. Uh, actually, I'm out of the red beanie. No more red beanies. I'm sold out. I'm sending everything out Friday. But I do got, got a couple blue ones. But yeah, man. Appreciate everybody that's in here. Everybody that, that stuck with me for this hour, almost hour and a half. Everybody that showed love. Again, I'm really excited. Got the gym about to go up. Let's go, Victor. Packers, man. I believe ready to go. My bad, man. <laughs> My bad. I don't know why I thought Victor was... Did you ask if I got a Packers uh, content person? My bad, man. My bad. Uh, hello, 49er fans. I didn't realize Jimmy G was brainwashed by the Patriot way. He said football starts in December, so he might play good. Hope so. Hope so. Hope so. But yeah, my hey Victor, man, my bad, bro. My bad. If you guys don't know, this 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 uh is not just strictly YouTube. You also can find the podcast uh audio version of this on whatever streaming device that you use, whatever streaming site you use. It will be on in the next uh, two hours or so. It'll be loaded up every day. We're here five days a week, Monday through Friday, uh, 6.30 a.m. Pacific, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. Make sure you guys continue to tune in. I appreciate all the contributions I poured in today. I will have some information on 
my my gym by tomorrow. We'll see if it's here. Supposed to be here, the building, the parts. Uh, for those of you who are interested in merchandise and want a beanie, I know some of you guys have already ordered. The beanies are going out tomorrow. Hit me on Twitter at Eric underscore Crocker. You got to DM me. Or on Instagram. My Instagram is at uh, Crocktime underscore you. All right. So there's the there, here's the Twitter. And the Instagram, if you are looking to, you know, get some of this merchandise. But it's going fast. I got no more red beanies. All the dad hats are sold out. I still have some straight bill hats, but even those are going. I be, I'm pretty sure by Sunday everything's gonna be gone, and I don't know when's the next time I'm gonna get any merchandise. So you're gonna have to DM me on Twitter, DM me on Instagram. If you do that, I know you're serious, and I'll message you uh, right back, and we'll get you set up. But I appreciate everybody, man. Frontline sports media, man. Let's go, let's go. Podcast coming. Appreciate everybody that's in here. Appreciate all the contributions. Underdog Fantasy, promo code Crocky. Go do that right now. Bet over-unders. Got a game tonight. I saw CD Lamb's over-under on receptions is four and a half. I'm for sure going with the over. I'm going to win me some money. Win you some too. Underdog Fantasy, promo code Crocky. Manscape, manscaped.com. You know, stop walking around looking crazy. Go get sexy for your lady. Promo code Crocky. And I'm out. Peace. It is picked off by Eric Crocker over midfield. He'll run it all the way into the end zone. Touchdown. Crop Talk TV Podcast. Podcast. Peace.